Hi, everyone. Welcome to Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know. Not to know what you believe or why you believe it. Not even to know where you are on the spectrum or the journey of faith and life. It's okay just to be somebody figuring it out or discovering where they are. My name is Nathan Whitaker. Hi, my name is Ryan Harris. And uh, I want to start before we actually begin the podcast by apologizing for last week, not having an episode up. We had, uh, you know, before when I said, uh, when I would hear podcasts say they have technical issues, I would just like (laughs) roll my eyes. Mm. Um, But boy, we had the technical issues of Mm. all technical issues. I mean, they just kept on piling up. Yeah. Yeah, That computers or the internet or whoever were just like, yeah, fuck you. And that's, that's just how the computer internet gods or whatever it was, somebody was upset with us. Yeah, so we um, did actually do a recording, but it's shit, so we are not going to put it out. And if we're being honest, it probably wasn't our best episode anyway, so <laughs> maybe maybe it was the Lord, you know, intervening maybe. on all of you, like your behalf, all you listeners. It was doing you a favor. So we're going to learn from that. And we've already actually did a check that we don't. We've already do. checked to where our audio is going to. <laughs> um, but also for the content, we're going to adjust what we did last week and and apply it to what we want to talk about this week. And as you know, we've been doing a positive project where we take an issue, we take an idea, and we not only look where the church has been and where we have been, but Uh, What can we do in a positive way? What can we do in a constructive way? Not positive, but constructive way of um, uh, motivating others to motivating ourselves to taking on some positive work to create a change in what we want, a change that uh, at least allows for an exploration of faith, if not gets to a better place based off of the exploration we have already had. And uh, we thought this week what we would do is ask ourselves and ask you where uh, where we are and what can we do constructively with a couple key things that are happening in our world. And uh, those two things that we're going to talk about are uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, really the the Russian oppression in the uh, eastern part of our globe. And I don't know, is that right? Eastern part of our globe? Well, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. There you go. And uh, the the vast array of oppressive bills being passed in our country in state legislatures around, uh, you know, uh, around the LGBTQ community and oppression there. Um, and we want to talk about both of those in order to not tell you where you should be with those, but if you are in the same place where we are, where we're trying to figure out how can we do these things well Uh, these Christian practices, this Christian life and faith, how can we do that well in light of what's happening in our world? We want to just offer some brainstorming around that. Okay, so which one would you like to start with, Ryan? (laughs) Well, why don't we start with the the Russian-Ukraine thing? 
the, the war, I guess we should say. And boy, this sucks. You know, it just really is real shitty. Um, I think it's, it's one of the things I've been wrestling with is trying to wrap my head around how needless and cruel it is for no discernible actual thing that benefits anybody, right? So here we have the guy who already controls one sixth of the world's surface, right? Russia. And is doing all of this and he seems to be the one driving it, right? If he Mm -hmm. had said, no, it wouldn't happen, you know? Um, And all of this just so he can own some more land or so that people can like recognize his dick is big. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like there are people who think that Putin is actually the richest person in the world. They just don't just, he just doesn't declare it because of how shadily he's got all his money and hidden and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So probably the richest, if not very close to the richest person in the world who already controls the most land of any empire country in the world, right? Canada is the second largest and is not even close um, in terms of land area, I mean. And he wants some more, I guess. Uh, And as a result of this man's corruption and venal insecurity, like, I don't know, I don't know, whatever, I'm not a... I'm not a a CIA analyst or a psychologist or any of those things, but for some combination of terrible reasons, (laughs) this guy has decided that millions of people need to die. Um, Mostly, or first, of course, Ukrainians in the country that they are invading and oppressing and and doing, and not just like invading, I mean, like bombing maternity hospitals and stuff. Like these are things that are happening. And also, I mean, not to mention all the Russian soldiers and stuff who are going to be dying, have died and will be dying as a result. Like I, it's not, that's not good either. Right. Like I understand they're the aggressor and there's a lot to say there, but thousands of dead Russian soldiers is also bad. Right. Right. And so it's just not to mention the whole, are we going to nuke the world to death thing kind of hanging in the background. So I guess what's been difficult for me is I keep trying to wrap my head around it. And what's hard is that I don't think it's a, it's not a logical, rational thing, right? Evil, greed, corruption, whatever it is that's driving all of this. Like, it's not something that makes sense, but I keep trying to make it make sense. Like I imagine well, this would never happen, but let's pretend I was the president of Russia or the czar or whatever he thinks of himself as. <laughs> I just can't imagine ever doing anything remotely like this just so I could have more stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm left kind of flummoxed about the entire thing of, like, I know that evil is a thing that exists. I understand that's not new. It's not unique to, um, you know, Mr. Putin. Um, he's just a recent iteration of the same old story that's been around since people have, but, but he's also like, it's, that's not to excuse it. I'm just saying, I understand that's not a new thing and we've been uh, wrestling with the problem of evil forever, but I just, I don't get it. And it's, it's so depressing and disheartening because it sucks. It just really sucks. It's evil and awful and wrong. And I've repeated myself a lot there, but I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Yeah, like uh, I listened to, I think it was NPR, it could have been something else where uh, they had to give this caveat where I know if you're a logical person and you're in Putin's place, 
you'd kind of stop the war because everybody, literally almost everybody is against you. Even countries that typically Even are on your Switzerland side. Switzerland was sanction, putting sanctions yeah, on right. the, the uh, archetypally neutral people. <laughs> and China you know? spoke against it. And so did, I think there were only five abstentions yeah. um, in the UN, but nobody actually said no. Is that mm. right? It was something I don't like know. that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when the Russian... Uh, minister of whatever spoke at the UN, there was a walkout there. Uh, So you would, you would think, Hey, if I want to maintain my power, if I want to hold on to any semblance of my wealth, I probably should stop because this is not working out very well for me. I mean, I'm not a geopolitics expert and I don't know a lot about that sort of thing, but it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Like, I'm not sure what the game, even if you know, they they took over all of Ukraine tomorrow. I mean, I know they grow a lot of wheat. Like it's like there are things, but it's like what they're going to lose to get it. I mean, it doesn't it's not it doesn't seem like there's value, even if you take out of the all the suffering out of the equation. It's not like they are like, you know, the oil rich country of Eastern Europe or something. Right. Maybe they have some, but that's not not a significant amount. Right. So like I don't I don't really understand that either. It really seems to be based on pride and some kind of weird thing of um reuniting yeah. I, I don't think the Soviet Union, I think more more imperial Russia is what he models. It sounds like that. Yeah. It even they even talk about when he's had foreign heads of state or diplomats in, he will receive them in a room and he's there. And then there's busts of Catherine the Great and Peter the Great and other, you know, some of who he thinks as the best leaders in Russian history, clearly casting himself in the same mold. So, I mean, it's, you know, I guess we should say that, again, we don't, we're not geopolitics people. So I can't, I'm just kind of, you know, we're just kind of talking here, but I think in some ways we need to acknowledge that we in the West and especially the U.S. have also set the stage for some of this um, in our own invasions of countries that we shouldn't have invaded, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I don't know enough to say about how the like the way that the West has uh, treated, for lack of a better word, Russia since the fall of the Soviet Union has been kind of a mixed record, as far as I understand it, and so. None of that justifies what Russia is doing, but I do feel like some of this could have been avoided um, if things had been different in the way we have acted. We as the West, I mean, and that's almost too big of a generalization, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I think for our podcast, we want to focus more on part of uh, a part that doesn't get talked about very much, which is. Putin's ties to Christianity mm. and uh and there's even a tie to our next subject in a roundabout sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Putin sees himself as an authentic Christian. He sees himself I don't know if he sees himself as the head he, of He presents himself that way. I don't know that like in terms of what he person like I don't know if what I don't get the sense that he actually cares like in himself as much as I think he presents himself as that. Um, Maybe, but, uh, and we can't, we're not experts yeah, to be we able to I do don't this, know. but uh, 
there there is some either mythology or truth behind his origin story if you will yeah where he had a secret baptism that his mom had great pride in uh mm. during you know during his early years in life and how he was very religious when he was growing up um uh dogmatically so and well and also the russian czars and czarinas have always seen themselves as like i mean seeing themselves as chosen by god is not unique to the russian royalty right line, right right but i think someone who's a russian historian or historian who knows about the history of russia could tell you this better than i could but i know that there is even a unique like even for the european slash asian monarchs the russians took that to about as far as you can take it right okay. like to the supreme autocracy of god's rule on earth through them kind of idea gotcha kind of like a demigod almost yeah i mean i yeah. don't know like not in like hercules sense but but sort of like the yeah like it's it, i think that i think that from what i understand it you're probably right that putin sees himself in that way somehow i don't know how it fits with the rest of his worldview but i think you're right yeah. that there's something to it well and i i think if we're trying to draw at least connections to this frontier, it makes sense. Now, I don't, and I don't think it's out of nowhere. I think there is enough validity behind Putin's idea of what it means to be Christian, uh, whether that's supported by the church and that's why, because he's a political power and they want to support that, or whether that is his. Uh, upbringing and the the nature of faith in his life as um, yeah as a demigod a self appointed appointed demigod mm -hmm. um, I I can't say and I'm actually as we're talking thinking ah, I probably should look into this a little bit yeah. more but I think it makes a lot of sense in the world today for those of us on the frontier as we notice that Christianity is different than what uh, we were told. Uh, and we were told that it was a divinely um, given religion and that it is uh, flawless uh, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, there were the Crusades. Yeah, there were these things. But those were bad Christians. That was not Christianity. Um, and yet we're seeing another example of a quote-unquote bad Christian doing something monumentally shitty for the entirety of the world and foremost for that region and even his own country. And yeah, it's not a holy war. There's no language at least around that, but to do something so quintessentially antithetical to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about Russian Orthodox Christianity, um, but I know enough to say, nope, <laughs> yeah. right? I know enough to say this, this ain't it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that should give us pause. That should give us uh, at least an opportunity as we're doing here to think about, okay, well, what can we do? Because I mean, the elephant in the room is of course, we have the same kind of mentality from conservatives here mm -hmm. in some of our very same churches uh, that that are in line with what Putin says, mm -hmm. if not out 
right which sometimes, is which is sometimes which is terrible uh, but uh, certainly um they might think putin's going too far but he's got the right idea right i guess i mean i don't know what it's it's always interesting to me for the people out there who think oh he's a christian doing christian things it's like he wouldn't recognize your kind of Christianity as Christian. I hope you know that, right? Like evangelical Christians in America have nothing in common with (laughs) the kind we're talking about over there. And I don't even mean just theologically. I mean that certainly, but I just more mean of like, yeah. Anyway, it's, I think it's, it's, it's another one of those things where it's this awfulness that's happening in the world and it feels like it's hard to know what to do about it, you know. Um, uh, yeah, especially if you're a pacifist like me, right? I mean, I was never going to go to Ukraine and fight either way, right? Even if I were not a pacifist. But it's like, I have a hard time sometimes with, like, sometimes you'll see on the internet, people will be celebrating when, you know, if, if there's a Ukrainian victory. and And I hope that, you know, Ukraine is somehow able to drive the Russians out. Don't get me wrong, but I still feel really strange and I don't like to celebrate the deaths of, Yeah, you know, like it's just even if like even evil people. And I, I know that's easy for me to say because they're not invading Illinois, but um, I don't Especially know. when you hear that, I don't know the percentage, but you hear at least some Russian soldiers uh, say they don't know why they're in Ukraine. Right. Some of them just give up the second they meet resistance because they don't want to die for something they don't know. Right. And they also have these brotherhood kind of conversations going on. Um, relative brotherhood because of patriarchy, but you know what I mean? Siblings of, um, Ukrainians are pretty much Russian in many senses of the word. And so, uh, they're curious why they're going in. Right. And so many of them are 19 or 20 and, and some of them are conscripts. And, you know, like, I, right. that's what I mean is what Russia is doing is evil and wrong. And they're the aggressor. And I don't mean to justify anything they're doing. But I also feel weird about celebrating when thousands of 20 year old kids from Russia get killed, even if it's like, you know, I'm, I don't know. Like, it's it's just such a terrible thing there's no justice in it there's no there's no like i just want it to stop now like tomorrow today but it's just not gonna you know and and yeah i I find it not just hard to understand but if you feel so powerless um you know pacifist or not there's not much it seems like there's not much that you or i or people who listen to this you know could could really do about it um and that's one of the things that makes it hard is I want to do things and you can't always do things. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the stuff we can do. Yeah. Um, and I, my mind's going into many different directions. I think there's, of course, short-term things that you can do, and we can talk about some of those. But I'm also more interested in some of the long-term things we can do to defeat the kind of rhetoric and values that lead to this kind of shit. And that's where the connection to American evangelicalism and the recent uh, 
escalation of it over the last five years, six years now, uh, really troubles me and why I've become a little bit more vocal in <laughs> every way that I can. Uh, and I want to I want to explore some of that, or we could at least explore some of that. Let me share where I am, and this is just one example. There's lots of things we could do. I think one of the things that really troubles me is uh, around war uh, and the conversation about war is uh, simply the it's not denial. Dismissal, that's a better word. Dismissal of the the sheer evil of the death and so forth. Uh, and it troubles me greatly, especially because it comes a lot of times from Christians, at least in the circles that I run in, who are like, well, you know, that just that's just what the world is. It's just uh, evil versus good. They have a binary approach to the world, usually. And uh, whenever there's a war, that's what's going to happen. People are going to die. And, you know, on one level, I'm not an idiot. I understand that's basically yes, what people war die is. in war. Right. Yes. Yeah, I uh -huh. get that. That's not I'm not denying Thank you for it. explaining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the moral weight behind it, if there is such a thing as morality, uh, I have to say that every time I use moral, um, the moral weight behind that is is almost absent in modern American Christianity. It's like I, I I wonder if that's because it's so hard to get our minds around and we just want to dismiss it because it's easier. And of course, there's privilege behind that because it's not our war. We're not there and blah, right. blah, blah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can be okay with that that we can just rest with that. And so I wonder to myself, like, what are some things that I can change in the way that if I'm a pastor, I'm not currently, but as a pastor, as a faith leader in general, what are some ways that I can change what I say in order to bring that moral weight, but also to start to destroy the patterns of thought that bring about um, this terrible, shitty situation. Um, a, a correlation to this, I think, is that it was really high a couple months ago. Um, it's going down a lot, but there's there was a while where people were talking about civil war very yeah. comfortably. Right. Like they... Yeah, there was one town we were traveling, my wife and my family and I, we were traveling around and there we actually saw somebody had one of those black flags out on their house. There's one in my town where well, actually his, the entire front of their house is covered in terrible like flags and signs. And one of them says something. I don't remember. It's incoherent, but it said something about a civil war also. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that... <laughs> In Christian circles, well, in humanity, that's unacceptable. It's right. certainly unacceptable in Christian reality. And and the comfort that we have with death in this binary world of good versus evil, where we're always on the good side, because uh, of course we are. Putin well, thinks he's good, right? That's, that's I, the problem. I guess so. I don't know. 
I wonder if he's capable of like, I don't know. I really, I, I can't analyze the man. He probably does. Um, Most historical figures figure they're good. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are maniacal people. There are mentally unwell people, Yeah, but most of these figures throughout history that conquest and they do it because they believe it's the right thing to do. Hmm. Yeah. But nevertheless, yeah. I think I think the uh, the thing that I have the thought I have about in regards to what you're saying was that even if you're not a pacifist like me, though you should be, yeah. no, but even if you're not a pacifist like me, as a Christian, I don't understand how you could be like pro war. Like it's one thing to say there may be situations where you have to defend yourself or your family or maybe even your country. I don't know, but it's quite another to go from there to say, I follow Jesus, and also, let's kill them all, right? Whoever they may be in, in the particular, whether that's an imagined civil war in the United States or, you know, somewhere in Eastern Europe or when it was Iraq or Afghanistan or, or whatever. Like, I, I, I can't, re- that's one that doesn't make any sense to me. Even if you're not a pacifist, if you claim to follow Jesus, you gotta, I mean, you can't, you should be able to recognize, if nothing else, that there's no just war. Even if there's, even if you tell me that you believe a war is for some reason necessary, okay, that's not the same thing as just. Right. Right. Thousands of people dying is never just, whatever started it. Well, and I think that's where I come to my positive thing around this is uh, I make an assumption first. And the assumption is, is that we are okay with war. We are okay with uh, creating these separations between good and evil, good guys, bad guys, because we otherize people. We put them as other. And the more that you put people as other, the more you can see them as uh, mortal enemies. Mm -hmm. You can see them as people who need to be taken care of one way or another. And this is a spectrum, right? We're talking about the extreme side of this spectrum, but the, um, the less extreme and yet still serious side of it would be uh, exclusion and isolation and uh, creating boundaries where it, it's very clear it's us versus them. And right. if you're not with us, you're against us. And I think that, I'm just thinking about this now as we're talking, but um, I would say one of the major ways I would characterize my previous time as pastor is really dedicating myself to working on this us versus them characterization and helping people see that people are people. No matter what they do, no matter what they think, no matter what they say, they are people. Doesn't mean you excuse behaviors. Doesn't mean you excuse and you're okay absorbing terrible stuff from people. But it does mean that they are valuable. They are worth life. <laughs> As Jesus said, life and life to the fullest, right? They are worth that stuff. And I would tell you in my limited experience, it's phenomenal how much work that takes to tell Christians and to have them believe that fully and completely. And at some level, I get that because there are some people that I have a hard time really seeing not as valuable, but as... uh, Hey, some people are hard to love. 
worthy. Yeah, they are. That's true. Um, and yet, uh, it is also where I found the most productive work and where I found the most uh, valuable work, to keep on using that word, uh, satisfying, life-giving work is helping people see that others are not their enemies. And even if they are your enemies in some way, yeah, somebody had somebody had a lot to say about how to um, interact yeah. with your enemies, you know. Right. And I, I won't say. I want to be careful. Like I said earlier, I understand nobody's invading my home, so I recognize that. But I more meant that comment focused on um, Christians here, who, yeah, you know, right. when we're talking about what are some some ways we could help refocus this is it's focusing on people and not like, that's the other thing is we, we talked a bit about geopolitics just enough to show that we don't really know very much about it. (laughs) And I think we need to recognize that that too, right. In that, like we tend to get caught up in the jingoism or the whatever. And we're thinking in these geopolitical terms of, you know, what should NATO do and what should all this. And it's like, that has very little to do with your life or my life or anything, right? I'm going to go to work tomorrow and do what I do and um, all this kind of stuff. And it, it doesn't like, I'm not saying we shouldn't pay attention or that we should be ignorant. I'm just saying we should, I think, focus on the people because we have very little control other otherwise over that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Refocusing our efforts. Um, stop watching so much goddamn news. Yeah. And speak so, so called news, yes. (laughs) And and put your effort into you know, maybe doing this abstract stuff, but also maybe just supporting Ukrainians and your community. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're we did something. This is not, I'm not doing this to pat myself on the bat. It is the very back, it is the very lowest effort that we could do, but we did this to help, uh, make the reality as as um, clear to our kids as possible because you know talking about war with kids is tough yeah um and so what we did to try to bring some empathy to that is we made a ukrainian dinner as best Mm. as we could we did that too i don't have kids but we we made we made some ukrainian food also What'd you make? They're called perishki. I guess I think that's how you say it. Okay. And they are, you make these, they're stuffed Ukrainian buns. And so some of them had like mashed potatoes and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then the other ones had like eggs and, and um, some other stuff. And then you put them in the dough and then you fry the dough. Very good. Not that hard to make either. They make a mess, but they're very good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I saw that and I'm like, I don't want to put that much time and effort into it. <laughs> it's a little bit of time, but it's a very easy dough to make as far as doughs go. You just have to leave it on the counter for about an hour and that's that's about all it takes. So that's nice. Okay. We made uh, chicken Kiev, mm-hmm. uh, Kiev, chicken Kiev, mm-hmm. and uh, Oliver potato salad. Okay. Um, and that was interesting. That's a potato salad with, uh, well, the chicken was just basically garlic cooked differently. It was very moist and we loved it. Um, 
<laughs> we had a funny thing. My wife bought too big of chicken breasts. Uh-huh. So we had a shit ton of it because oh, yeah, they can be that way. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. monster thing because you had to pound them out and flatten them. And so they so were you, huge. You had chicken breasts the size of Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the potato salad uh was potato carrots. Those were both softened. It had peas. Mm-hmm. Um it had uh, ham, which was very good, mm-hmm. uh, and egg, and the sauce was just mayo, and you put it together. Yeah. Uh, cucumbers was another one. We used uh, pickles and cucumbers. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, very good stuff. I actually have a Ukrainian cookbook. Uh, that So that's where I got some of the stuff. It's called mamushka, which apparently is not a real word. It's from the Adams family or something. But anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I made, I guess pierogies might be Polish in origin, but she had a, a Ukrainian version that I made one time. They were delicious, but man, you talk about making a mess and a lot of work. God, they were great, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll make them again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did that so that uh, our kids could, uh, you know, through their bodies, empathize and understand Ukrainian food or culture in a Heritage, certain way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, Again, that's not to pat myself on a on the back. There's a lot more I could and should be doing, um, but that was a, a small thing that we did uh, to help uh, our kids understand that in a compassionate way. Like we said, the the big thing on TikTok is talking about uh, how do you tell kids about this and. Um, yeah, try to explain war to a young kid, and you'll see how foolish the entire thing is. Well, the meta- you know? primary metaphor is bullying. That's yeah. the primary metaphor, yeah. and it works. Uh, kids understand that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, try the the whole point of that is we tried to make it so it wasn't an abstract. They have no idea what Ukraine is, even if right. they saw it on a map, right? But let's bring it into their world so that way they can make uh, connections to see people as people. Hey, they ate food, and some of the food they eat is really good. Um and I think if you dedicate yourself to widen it a bit further in your ministry, if you have one in your job, certainly in your life of uh, doing your best not to otherize people, not mm-hmm. to put them into a category where they are uh, beyond confusing. It's okay to have confusing ideas about people because that's part of the process of learning. But if you deal with that confusion in a way where you make people feel shitty um, or you put them in a category where they're kind of less than human, uh, then you get into to real problems. And boy, uh, helping people see that is hard but wonderful work. Yeah. You can also, um, you know... I don't want to say like when I say pray, I don't mean in the sense of pray for Ukraine and then you've done all you need to do. I, I, you know, no, because um, that's more of the Facebook thoughts and prayers kind of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But I do think it is good to pray for peace, you know, pray for uh, people who suffer, because for one reason, I think it 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 forces us to it's another way to not otherize people, right? Because, you know, you think about, well, what am I going to pray for? Well, what what kinds of things might be happening over there? You know, uh, you read a news story about like a hospital getting blown up and it's not hard to find something to pray for there, you know? Right. And 
I think also praying for peace is a good way to remind yourself that 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 is our ultimate goal here. You know, um, that at least that's what we all want anyway. Um, and that God does work that kind of stuff out sometimes and somehow, and I don't entirely understand it, but like, it's a good thing to do as long as it's not the, you know, thoughts and prayers there. I did my duty because there's other things that can be done too. You know, you, there are charities that you can donate to if you're mm -hmm. in a place where you can do that. Um, like you said, there, there might be Ukrainian communities in your area or refugees or whatever. Like there's, there's other things that you can do too, but I think we really want to focus on the people that are affected by it rather than, I think that's what I meant earlier. It's, I'm not, I wasn't saying that we shouldn't think about world issues or know about stuff or, you know, who we vote for might have effects on that. And that's all things that we should do. But I think, especially in the short term, immediate needs, I think our focus needs to be on the people. And I don't know what all of us can do to help, but we can try, we can look, we can, we can find something, you know, I think is, I think that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I think a final little note on this, uh, at least final for me is, uh, our previous episode that we were going to do, but it had technical problems was about social media. And, um, we want to bring in a little bit of this because I think it's really important, um, about what you can do. And, I don't know if you saw this image going around, but it was the impact of Russians on social media, Russian propagandists like on social media. Yeah. Yeah. They compared the top posts from one week to the next. And in between that was a ban on Facebook, uh, well, on Russians from Facebook. And it radically shifted. Like it was all right wing, fascist, terrible mm -hmm. stuff. And then it turned into more moderate, even left-leaning stuff within days of the, and, and for me, you know, you can bitch about that and I do, uh, but I think it's a healthy reminder, not a healthy, I can turn it into something healthy, a reminder that what I see on social media is not reality. Yeah. And of course, it's on Facebook where a lot of our problems have been over the last five, six years. Um, Twitter was no better and probably still is no better. I don't know what the Twitter stats are. Uh, but, you know, when grandpa shares this thing about, uh, you know, <laughs> Ben Shapiro or even Franklin Graham was on that list twice. Oh, yeah. Where he um, asked people to pray for Putin and nobody else. Maybe, maybe he did, he did that. Yeah. Cause did that's he? the thing that, that he yeah. did. Yeah. So, you know, when they share these things from these figures, even if it's not that particular post, um, probably should be a little wary of what's going on. So it's a, just have a healthy dose of skepticism and what you see online. Don't just take it for gospel. I know I'm talking to the uh, preaching to the crowd here, if you will, the choir. Boy, I am just fucking up all those. <laughs> it's my MO. Um, but, you know, just remember that. And maybe what we can do proactively is help people see that, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, in our own ways of you know, this is not good. We probably shouldn't spend all of our time focusing on what Facebook tells us about our spirituality or our politics or even our life. Right. 
Yeah, maybe just take an, if you're going to post something, why don't you wait an hour and then post it and see if you still want to. I mean, you know, uh, there's more that I could say there because I don't Facebook <laughs> at all and I don't have a Twitter because I didn't like the kind of person I was on there. But Because you didn't wait an hour. Right. No, I didn't. And I found, yeah, I, I, uh, I found I'm better off without it, but not everybody's me. So, you know, do whatever you're going to do, but just, I, I just would echo that too, of be careful because it's not real and yet it does involve real people. Right. And that's yeah. the thing that I think the social media and the internet in general can really hide from us sometimes is that we think we're just, what we're doing on there doesn't affect anybody. And a lot of things don't, but some things really do. And so we just need to be aware and careful about that. And just to put like a period on that as Christians, it should be that with spiritual stuff too. Oftentimes we think, or maybe especially, (laughs) yeah, especially just because you share a Bible verse doesn't mean you know, you're, you're free of the responsibility. Where's that Bible verse coming from? Uh, I, my, my favorite is, uh, there was a calendar and a meme that has a, a quote from Satan, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the devil yeah. mm-hmm. from Jesus's temptation. And, uh, people share it like crazy, even though it's like Jesus spoke directly against that use right there and then and there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Because we know how we intend things, but we don't know how people are going to read, receive, and interpret things. And you can't control that, but I'm just saying we don't know how things will be heard by everybody because we can't. And so we should all, and that's true of not just social media. I mean, that's true of things we say, things we do also, but uh, just got to be careful because we don't, we don't know everybody's story. We don't know how things will be heard or received or used and, when you throw it all out there, it's just kind of, kind of there. So we've done a, something a little different. Uh, we just took a, a brief pause because we're not going to talk about our second topic. We want to give it good enough time on its own because it deserves it. And we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but we've done something different here where we have pushed into maybe not should language, but here's, here's things that need to happen. Um, yeah. I stopped and said, were we too preachy? Were we telling people what to do? And this has been a struggle and why uh, on this podcast, we felt way more comfortable critiquing than we mm. did pushing yeah, it's lot, forward. It's a lot easier to do to just yeah. say why things are shit, you know? And to do so in the way that we did, which is like, we understand that we've gone awry here and we need to course correct instead of just trying to bully people and say how shitty they are. Um, But we're trying something new here, which is here are some things that that you can maybe even like today that you need to do. Um, So we thought we'd just kind of explore that. So what what are you thinking? Do you think we were too preachy this time? Um, I don't know. I think I I don't I don't think so. I think I worry about it because um well nobody really likes to hear that and I don't know like 
I guess I just want to be careful that we didn't do what we told people not to do on social media, but we did it on our podcast instead. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm not anybody's mom. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have the, that role in, in these people, anybody's lives. And, and yet at the same time, I also like, we're talking about things about that are like injustice and evil today. And so I don't, I'm also don't feel content just being like, yeah, it's evil. We'll talk to you next week. You know, I think. It's yeah, a there's tension. a feeling of responsibility, isn't there? There's like at least individual responsibility for the two of us to actually say something that will change our perspective, change mm -hmm. our lives, whatever. Um, so maybe maybe if we're maybe that could be a good way to think about it. Are we being preachy to ourselves? Like, do we I mean, feel we're doing that? In, in some respects, part of this might be because uh, we both are saying these things to ourselves too. <laughs> you know, like um, part of what brings these things up for me is that I'm wrestling with them also. And, you know, I think I'll be the first to say is that other people don't necessarily have to do the same things I am or I'm not. Because like I said, everybody's different. But I think we're also trying to share our stories of where we're at and 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 how things have changed for us in certain ways. And so part of it is, you know, I don't know, maybe there is a place for it sometimes. Like maybe, it, maybe we're not telling people what to do as much as sharing um, where we're at. At least that's the intent anyway, I think. Yeah. I also wonder, like, how far, I mean, there are certainly things that we say uh, and we believe that you can't do, right? You mm -hmm. can't kill people. Yeah, don't that's, murder. That's be, not okay. And, like, um, you know, don't be mean to people and, and, like, yeah, feed the poor and hungry and stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you to do that <laughs> if you need yeah. me to. <laughs> right. But I'd be okay, like, being labeled preachy against uh, murderer, right? Against murder? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think part of it, too, is that whoever you may be, you're listening to a podcast of two, well, I guess now former preachers, we do that. So, you know, I mean, if you're still with us, you know, I guess you're okay with it in some respect, some respect. But like I said before, I think it's also that we've always seen ourselves as being on this journey with you. Um and so I hope it's not so much as us giving directives as much as, you know, we're feeling this out and, and exploring with everybody. Um, and, you know, sometimes we have ideas that might be helpful and sometimes we don't. But it's it's I think there's I don't I don't know. I hope that it's helpful to put them out there sometimes. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of this wonderful person that was in my congregation um, before I quit the job. Um, and she was wonderful because she said, you know, I I made this joke from the pulpit several times, like, okay, I'm going to offend you. Get ready. Here it comes. Mm -hmm. And uh, she would always retort back, well, you still haven't offended me yet. <laughs> um, as I was wrapping up my time there, she said, you know, I haven't always agreed with what you said, but I have never been offended and I've always learned. And I, th 
I I think probably most people listen to things like that uh, in that way. At least people, I don't want to say like us, but with the same kind of uh, spirit that we have of openness and humility and hospitality, which she had all three of those and more. Uh, and I'm pretty sure most of our listeners are probably people who would be saying, hey, yeah, um, they're not getting preachy because I don't, I'm not under the power of them as pastors or podcast well, hosts or whatever. I think that is an interesting uh, element that's important is that we don't have any power over the people who listen to to this, you know. Um, we're not their pastor. We're not their mom. We're, we're not any of those <laughs> yeah. things, right? So, um, and, you know, we, we always like to hear from, well, theoretically anyway, we, we would always like to, to hear do, from yeah. people who listen, you know, um, about your ideas on this stuff or, or, or if you think, you know, just anything you have to share. So, yeah, we're, like I said, we're exploring this all together, we hope. And sometimes things like this happen in the world that I think that we like to explore together because I imagine that anyone who's listening has thought these things or variations of these things too, and, and maybe struggling with it and not sure what to do or where to go or what to think. And yeah, we're there, we're, we're there with you, I think. Somebody recently said to me, um, well, they asked me a question because one of our friends, our, our, co-friends, <laughs> mutual friend, <laughs> <laughs> says something uh, that there are kingdom issues and there are pol political issues. And we were talking about racial injustice and, and the person said racial injustice is a kingdom issue. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, she said, what do you think? What's the line between a kingdom issue and a political issue? And I thought to myself real hard, and I just, I'm still grappling with that question because I'm not sure there is a distinction as much mm -hmm. as we might think. Mm -hmm. uh, because everything has kingdom applications, right? You think about something like um, property taxes. Uh, you would think that's a conservative versus liberal, depending on how much tax you want to put on there. But we know that there's racial injustice baked into that, Not right? to mention things like gentrification and all kinds of stuff that exactly. affects the way real people come into the discussion. Absolutely. And that, that then becomes a quote-unquote kingdom issue, and uh, or it already is because it's already baked into that. And I think that might be another way to think of this uh, confusion or this hesitancy or trying to figure out how do we talk about things uh, in the world? Because uh, I don't want to make everything political in the way that conservative churches have made Christianity political. Mm -hmm. That That's obviously where I don't want to go. Or even liberal Christianity in terms of some of the stuff that they do. Um, but I also recognize that we live in a very political world. Uh, Jesus lived in a very political world and everything Jesus said was, had political implications. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think he was killed? Uh, yeah. People didn't like him uh, giving power to people uh, who were poor and so on and so forth. Uh, ostracized. He got upset. Uh, Pharisees got upset of him with him because of the Samaritan stuff. Right. Like, you don't do that with Samaritans. That's ridiculous. 
So I don't know. I think this last little thing helped me just give voice or give thought to that mix that we're in. Uh, It's confusing yet. It's necessary to kind of walk through that. I guess it's the last thing I would say is that um, I guess I would just encourage all of us, myself included to keep wrestling with this kind of stuff. Um, The fact, like you were saying that things are, more, if not everything, is a kingdom issue than than we thought. And I think it's easy to, when we come up on these things where we don't know the answers or don't know how to help or we don't know what to do, to kind of retreat into, oh, so I'll, like, I'm okay in my life. I have what I need, so I'm just gonna not. And maybe there are times when you do that for health, like for mm-hmm. limited or certain periods of time, but I guess I would just encourage all of us to, when confronted with the issues that don't make sense, that don't seem to work, that we don't know what to do, to lean into that some um, in whatever way that looks, whether that's in this case, praying for peace in Ukraine or or whether it's donating to charities or, um, you know, finding Ukrainian refugees and, and having dinner with them. I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, Sometimes it's just looking for that whatever thing you can do is what you can do. And we can all be together somehow and find ways to help, even if we can't solve the entire geopolitical problem. Believe me, if I could, I'd do it. Um, (laughs) But I can't and you can't and we can't on our own. So but that doesn't excuse us from trying to find ways to help um, in whatever way that might be. But I think God will help us with that part of figuring out, okay, well, God, this is where I'm at in my life. Help me find what I can do. And maybe that's as easy as the prayer needs to be. Um, And I think God will. I I don't know what it'll look like. And it might be easy. It might be hard. It might be somewhere in between. I imagine you'll get some of all of that. Um, But that's just, I think, where we're at. So let us know what you think uh, about this or, or um, you know, if you think we're being too preachy and you want us to just complain about conservatives again. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, believe me, we could, I could do it. Yeah. Uh, I am an expert. Um, Frontierfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so we just, yeah, we'd be glad to hear from you. Like Nate said, we're going to talk about the other subject soon um, because there's plenty to say there. And Also, though, if you have something you'd like us to talk about that you're interested in, let us know. Can't promise we'll do it, depending on what it is, but, you know, we probably would. Uh, We probably would. We probably would. (laughs) And we certainly won't if you don't send it. So, really, it's on you. And we'd love it if you send us stuff because we're (laughs) often, like, not scrambling, but we're often trying to figure out what can we say and what can we talk about that will be helpful for people. Well, and people might be interested in things that don't occur to us. So, you know, let us know. Now, like I said, I can't promise if you want me to talk about Hello Kitty for an hour. I mean, I guess I could do some research, but I don't know very much. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. Uh, I'm old now. I have to have special cushions in my chair for my back. Well, we need to have a PO box now so people can <laughs> there send you go. Hello Kitty stuff. Yes, please. Cause I need that in my life. <laughs> I need that. Like I, anyway, anyway, um, on that note, thanks for being with us today and listening and, and let us know what you think. And in some way, God will help us be a part of help.
for this than everything else. And somehow God will make things okay, even if it's pretty confusing and um, pretty dire feeling at times. But God will still take care of us. Amen.